Hello there. This is Gabby, your primary host, coming to you from BGS Studios. Just wanted to give everybody a heads up for next week's podcast. We have a very special podcast for you. We have a guest on, one of our first, since maybe our first three episodes, I think, we had interviewed a couple of designers, but this is Dan Thoreau, aka Space Biff, the premier board game writer of our generation, qualified and worthy to be interviewed. Actually, we just rattled his ear off and he managed to get in a few insightful things way beyond our intellect level. He brought up the level of the podcast's IQ. But uh, we were glad to have him on, an excellent, nice guy, Dan Thoreau, a.k.a. Spacebiff. Visit spacebiff.com. Get yourself familiar with his writings, uh, his interviews, uh, interviews, his reviews of board games. Uh, they're clever. They're funny. Very insightful. He goes way, way beyond what's necessary as far as uh, thinking about uh, the level of mechan- mechanisms and theme in board games. Just an excellent, excellent writer. Give him a look, spacebiff.com. Follow him on Twitter at Dan Thoreau, T-H-U-R-O-T. It looks like Thorot, but it's Dan Thoreau. He informed us. Anyway, check him out. Now, on with our regularly scheduled insanity. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Critically harsh reviews with a touch of class. And go. Welcome to the Board Game Snobs Podcast. Hey, everybody. This is Gabby. This is Jerry. Uh, I have some banter for you. Oh, Did you, you know? Uh, okay, so I recently... You're saying, did you know? Did you know? Now, I know you didn't know this. Now, this was from our friends in Australia, from GQ Australia, but this is not the people who did the science behind this. They just published this. Okay. Uh, number one, I did not know there was a GQ Australia. Yeah. So it's like GQ, but for yeah, Australian you, you fashion. You don't think they can look good? Well, no. It's like they have specific gentlemen quarterly. That's what GQ stands for, I'm assuming. For Australians, it's like this is the hat you should wear when you're out wrangling ruse. This is the hat you should wear. Like, here's the thing. When I go to the Outback Steakhouse, I polish up my white New Balance. <laughs> I get my cargo shorts on. Well, what sure. do they do? Do they have Outback Steakhouse there, I wonder? They just call it Steakhouse. Ooh. <laughs> I never thought of that. You think so? Troy, right in. Troy, we're worried. I don't know if Do that's you have Outback Steakhouse. At the Steakhouse? No. Well, that's no, they have Outback Steakhouse because we have Texas Roadhouse and it's in Texas. I just call it Roadhouse. But it's Texas. They want to make sure they know it's Texas. I keep well, saying it's, Texas it's really a, weird. It's a brand. It is so a brand. So they may say that. A new, new reports suggest elite chess players can burn more than six thousand calories a day during chess tournaments now how would you phantom somebody with their minds with their minds you are correct sir to the untrained eye a game of chess looks like a rather relaxing activity the movements are often slow and drawn out as the mind processes just what outcomes are possible but elite chess players have lost up to 10 kilograms over a five-month period. Now, for our American listeners, 10 kilograms is about 22 pounds or 88 quarter-pounders mm, with cheese. I need to get into chess. The championship was actually called off due to the physical condition of their players, making it the first world champ world chess championship to end without a result. 
Could you imagine? They were growing weak because they were thinking too hard? Yes. You, 6,000 calories a day. I don't burn that. So that's my thinking. That's my thinking. <laughs> well, you're burning calories. Yeah, I'm burning calories. So board gaming, here's the thing. Now, if this is chest and you're thinking and burning you calories. You to say chest. I say chest. I know it's supposed to be chess. Chess. But the T. No one's playing chess. I have high T. My testosterone is high. So if I have If you're T's. playing chess, that's an areola control game. That's a good one. And I've had that in my books for years. Then Gami's expressions don't necessarily express those of the board game snobs. We're a proud member of the wannabe Dice Town Network. <laughs> no, we're the Card Shuffling Network. Card Shuffling Network. That's right. Um, so, but no, how come in board gaming, do you think people lose as much weight? Are we just not thinking enough? There are some board gamers who are very thin. Was Bobby Fisher a Bobby Fisher man? was very thin. Mm. Painfully so. I'm Toby not McGuire thin. played him. I'm not thin. You're not thin. So it must make me think that you're not thinking hard enough. <laughs> so I'm thinking we're going to start playing games that make you think harder. I'm usually corn-fused. So, yeah, and corn will put on weight. <laughs> and so amazed. you need to think deeper when think. we're playing. I do think. I thank you. I thank no, all people I play think with. in terms of losing weight oh. and in terms of actually gaining, uh, you know, think deeply about the game. Maybe that's what's slowing you down. I need to think harder. You do need to think, think harder. Think hard university. Mm-hmm. Burn some cows. Speaking of things. Dropping LBs. Eric Rael. Rael. He spells Ray with an L. Rael. Wait, he, spells Ray with an L. R. A Y L is it Raul? Oh, okay. Eric Raul. Why am I always bad at pronouncing names? You just are. He's a documentary filmmaker, and he sent us that project about board games, for which I watched a few months ago. I released a feature document called "The Game Designers," which is at www. What did I say? www. Like what? Why did I do that? WWE, brother. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to type, but you, oh, no. I'm no, that's like HTTP forward slash forward slash. That's very old school. Uh, the game designers, plural, movie.com, which is a documentary about board game designers. Uh, actually, and I watched this because of the designers that he follows. The two main ones are Antoine Bauza of Seven Wonders uh-huh. and Matt Leacock, another thin, thanky man. And it was very interesting. It was in March of last year's when they did the Kickstarter, and now it's going to be released to YouTube movies, iTunes, Google Play, Amazon, and Venmo. Venmo is different. I don't use Venmo, but it's, it's coming like the new PayPal. It comes March the sixteenth, <clears throat> so it should be out soon. No way, Venmo. I thought Venmo was like the new PayPal. No, Venmo's a show. That's like it's kind of like the Little British video source. Venmo was like the British YouTube, isn't it? I don't know. It's stations obviously. in Sussex. I just sure. like saying Sussex. Uh, no, but I watched this documentary, and it was basically about successful board game designers and then not so successful board game designers, like regular people, like regular people trying to design a board game. And it was both interesting and depressing at the same time because you watch these people who are very passionate about a project, and you see their struggles, and at the same time, it's like you feel for them. Like, they're trying to put out 
something that's been in their head for so long, and they want to put this game out because they feel so strongly about it and all the challenges that it comes from. It was an interesting documentary. I know you don't watch documentaries, and you didn't I'm watch not it. big on documentaries. But I watched it, and you can our listeners can watch it, too. I prefer sci-fi. March the 16th on all those platforms. What's that? Oh, it'll be available? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. It was good. And I, I actually thought I thought it was pretty good. It was a nice... Uh, so you're saying check it out on March 16th on all your platforms. What's the name of it? Uh, it's called The Game Designers, and you can go to thegamedesignersmovie.com. Will it, uh, what platforms will it be available on? It will be on Google Play, YouTube Movies, Amazon, and Venmo, and iTunes. Venmo? Venmo. That's so weird. That's the brand. I don't know. I could have swore that was like the new PayPal. I think it is like the new PayPal, but it's also a video thing. I thought, <laughs> don't get me wrong. I don't know. Oh, so last episode, we talked about Mr. Maloney. He sent us an email, and we talked about one of his topics, which he made a comment regarding colonialism being a troubled theme. We're going to discuss that on our next podcast. No, we're going to discuss it now, <laughs> because it's all over Twitter. <sighs> okay, and here's another thing. Before we get Poor on A-fist. Twitter. Twitter. I hate Twitter. Because you seem to love it because you're on there cracking wise and busting I, shops. I've been busting up it on Twitter. Like if you follow us on Twitter, actually follow us on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> Ignore Twitter. <clears throat> or come on Facebook. I just post random things on Twitter. I took over the Twitter. I know. Gabby runs the Instagram. I do the Twitter. It's great. Sometimes I put stuff on Twitter. I put stuff on Twitter. I'm not I'm not in But the you game. put the jokes on Twitter. I put the jokes. On their own fleek, as the kids would say. <laughs> yeah, like five years ago. Uh so what I have found is that I am not good at doing sarcasm and some things I, I come across pretty harsh when talking to people. And on Facebook and Twitter, I've taken some flack and I don't know. I can't hardly take anybody. You should wear a flack jacket. I can't that take prevent that. I can't take anybody serious on Twitter. You shouldn't. Because I watched that uh that 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 one skit. That Dunnigan skit where he's like, we're mad at you. And that's what everybody sounds like on Twitter when everybody sends me something that's like, I can't believe you said that. I can't believe you said that. We're mad at you. Jerry we're Becker, mad at you. How dare you a big, such a bigot. <laughs> and it's like, I, I, it's, it's the internet. And I'm not saying anything mean. I'm just posting funny stuff. People love to be angry. Well, people are angry. And I'm angry deep inside. I'm just not angry. You I'm are angry. angry. So anyways, Twitter has been a flutter with... Uh, Alexander Fister catching some flack about Maracaibo. He needs a flag jacket. And a previous Mombasa release. Mombasa. Oh, Mombasa. So it's mainly because his themes have centered around colonialism. Uh, and so people have brought up once again colonialism in board gaming. So snap. we're going to have an intel- semi intelligent conversation regarding colonialism as a theme. In board gaming, tell us what you think, Gabby. Go. I'm gonna drink <laughs> heavily. Go. No, I don't know. I don't know what it means. Mm. This is my problem. Oh, <clears throat> I'm good. Before and after that burnt, we played Mombasa and Empires: Age of Discovery. Mm. I'm ignorant. I'm stupid. You're not stupid. You're actually very intelligent. Thank you. Well, no, no. Wait, I was wait, wait, wait. Uh, see, I, I trapped you. I got you. That's our. That's our cold open. Smart, <laughs> no, how dare but you? But you're intelligent in terms of social. I'm street smart, bro. You are. You know what street you live on. Don't find me in a back alley. Yeah, I will, I will get you on. No, you've never punched anybody. I will anybody. get you. You've never punched I'll anybody. Get a mule kick. So my asthma. 
My asthma. <laughs> my, how dare you cuss on this podcast? Go ahead. <clears throat> I, I, okay. I will play the layman here. You are the layman. You like Lay's potato chips. I love Lay's potato chips. I cannot eat just one. No, I eat several. Thus, my girth, not my mirth. My girth leads to less mirth. <laughs> Go ahead. Continue on. This is serious now. Oh, okay. This is serious. And, and this is why we're not supposed to discuss this. This is serious. Oh, my God. So. I got to stop using that voice. I can't. I start. Once I start, I can't. Mombasa is a game of colonialism. Mm-hmm. It is. And we have touted that game before for the, its mechanics. The pillaging of Africa. And we have touted that game previously for its mechanics. I literally. And like I'm saying, I'm playing the layman. Because I literally did not understand what the, like, okay, I'm I'm playing this game. I'm taking over these areas. I didn't get it. I didn't know what was going on. So then we do some, I do some research. Jerry does some explaining to me. He's like, well, this is bad. <laughs> this is bad. <laughs> it's about the, uh, the, the white man, England. Who, who, who is the one that, who, who are the people that take over Mombasa? Dan Hughes. <laughs> Go ahead. So it's and see this is why we should not be discussing this go, topic. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Dan Hughes, just to clarify, Dan Hughes from Yorkshire Huntington area <laughs> his ancestors did not take over Mombasa. So it's I mean these themes are basically about uh England. Yes. Uh Taking over these areas and doing them harshly. Yes. And uh, causing slavery and other terrible, terrible, terrible things to happen. Right. I don't think that deeply when I'm playing these games, I was just putting out these cubes and houses and running up these tracks. Right. I didn't think that hard about it. Then, Jerry, we we play Mombasa. Then I kind of read something about it. I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't realize that. So then... uh, uh, Maracaibo comes out. Mm-hmm. We're running around this rondelle in the Medi- uh, the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Th- I literally. I promise you. I literally did not think anything about it. I'm running around this track. I, I, I'm just thinking about the mechanics. Oh, right. I don't. This is boring to me. I did not think about the theme. Correct. Until I heard no pun included. Shut up and sit down. And now many others on Twitter. They're talking about this theme of colonialism. I'm like, oh yeah, I see what they're saying. This is. This is the, this. You're playing a game where people are doing terrible, terrible things, but in the game, you're just moving a ship around and playing cards. So, for me, it it's very abstract, and I don't think about that. And that's because I'm not a deep thinker. I promise you, I don't think <laughs> that deeply about things. We've established that. So, but upon these, uh, 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 no pun included, shut up, sit down, discuss. I'm like, hmm. Yeah, I can see what they're saying. But still, the mechanics of the game are solid. Right. Uh, I recently said Empire's Age of Discovery is my new favorite game. But to be honest, you had to say that we were on a British podcast. <laughs> I was trying to. But although it's more of a Spanish. I so wanted to say, what, when he said, what's your favorite What's your favorite game, Jerry? 1776. <laughs> But I didn't. <laughs> but I. But I, upon uh, I was thinking about Empire of Discovery, and it's more of the Spanish, like the Spaniards, right? They're sending out missionaries, <laughs> right? It's just the Spaniards. They're just doing their but thing. Christianity. What have they ever done that's bad? Right. I mean, come on. 
The first crusades, the second crusades, those were all legit. Yeah. So they're sending out missionaries. Hashtag sarcasm. (laughs) I've been told I don't do sarcasm well. My wife is always reminding me that. So again, please don't listen to us for legit info. But you're sending out these missionaries. But to discover the land, you have to send out these soldiers if you want money. Correct. (laughs) Which is pillaging. So pillaging. So you flip over this and it shows a conquistador head and you might meet some resistance, which would be the natives, the indigenous people of the area. My people. Uh, Yeah. Because I'm one one twenty eighth Choctaw. <laughs> he is. You are le- le- legitimately indigenous the, by one one twenty eight. By one one twenty eight, which is literally enough. That's enough to get a card in my to get pinky, you free housing. Finger. Yeah, that's correct. So, uh, I, so I'm, I'm, and literally, I'm, I'm just like, oh, I love the worker placement. I love the area control of this game. I love the. Uh, you have to turn this worker into another type of worker to get these specific. I'm not thinking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're going over here and literally killing the indigenous people. And the game is saying, if you send enough soldiers over here to kill enough indigenous people, you're going to get money. And then if you, oh, then if you send over a couple more, you're going to get the goods from that area. And then if you have enough people, well, you can, I'm like, it's, it's, it's rewarding you for doing what amounts to historically terrible, terrible things. Genocide. Yes. Uh, But Again, it's very abstract. And so I, I think you you touched on a key point there. I did? You did. And I it's didn't mean to. It's something I wanted to bring out, and I'll touch on this and hard merge into it here in a moment. And so Alexander Pfister was the designer between Mombasa, which we've both said in the past we have liked, and Maracaibo, which we don't like. Both of those games depict colonialism and has been a course of hot topic here lately. And so it begs the question... Hot Topic, a terrible store. Don't go shopping there. No, it's terrible. It's I, all goth and dark. These nose rings are killing me. <laughs> Those pants do not fit me anymore. <laughs> Literally, you can't buy anything on the waist size above a 32. No. The thighs are it's so for tight. super skinny people. And leather. They are. Uh, what do you call that? Fattest? These leather pants leave nothing to the imagination. <laughs> these metal zippers. You know what I mean? But you got to score points with the kids, you know. This podcast is never going to take off if we don't no. really appeal to the I'm wearing generation. my Hot Topic right now, my shirt. I like that. I'm going to start wearing those Affliction shirts. Try to engage the people named Kyle. Mm-hmm. You know, the... Yeah, Jeff. Guy, Jeff. Kyle and Jeff. They drink monsters and punch holes oh, in the wall. Yeah, brother. Yeah. Uh, so to all of our MMA fans, we're talking about colonialism. <laughs> and so... I'm sure they get it. One of the things about these themes is that is this something that should be taken out of board gaming? Because that's what's going around on Twitter, is that this should be a theme that's not ever addressed. So I have I have two thoughts on that. One, the market kind of decides. If nobody bought Maracaibo specifically because of its theme, then it would not have been one of the biggest games in board gaming last year. So obviously people are purchasing this game. So not enough people are thinking that this is a problem. Is that a problem? I'll leave that up to you. The second issue that I have is that, again, what are we accomplishing by ignoring these themes? So I'll, and I'll, I'll hard merge into what you're talking about. You, were, you've, you spoke many times about you being a lay person and not thinking about these things. Until yes. you played these games, and like when we played Mombasa, I remember reading in the rule book where it has the little the, the, the page that talks about the colonialism and addresses it. And I was talking about just some of the history that took place in Africa. 
in connection with with the British history and colonialism well, and, there. And to be fair, I mean, well, not to be fair, but whatever. The growing up in America, when I grew up in school, we don't we, do history. We we were not taught any of this history. Nobody knows history. We couldn't find. We were taught the most generic history, and much of it, which now has been, uh, like, yeah, that was wrong. Yeah, what we did was wrong. It was terrible. It's been whitewashed. Yes. And a lot of it's been history that you just don't particularly delve into. And I tend to be a history buff about things. And so I I do enjoy games and books and things of that nature that have these themes that talk about them and address them. And so you, as you brought out, being a layperson and being ignorant to them, it was very eye-opening for you. Yes. I just remember what, you know, Coach Zolke taught me in history class. Right. And he was a coach. <laughs> yes. Uh, and so this was a good thing for you to consider and to play and be like, oh, yeah, I'm engaging in something in this game. It's depicting something that in history was very troublesome. Uh, and so the question, again, arises. It's just should, should these themes be addressed in board gaming? Should they be something that's depicted? And again, I would go back to say that, first off, in a lot of the outrage that we take to Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, a lot of it is people virtue signaling. It's people saying this because they think it's it's a problem and that's what they want people if to hear. If they bring attention to it, that makes them a good person. Correct. Yes. And we're not doing that because we know we're terrible people. <laughs> uh, I've never claimed to be a good person. Uh, yes, yes. Go back through how many episodes. I'm a raging alcoholic. I think this is like our 96th episode. So, <laughs> so we find an episode where we claim to be decent people. No, no, we'll find it. We are the dirt of scum of the earth. No, not that bad. We're better than most. Um, but, <laughs> Way to be humble. Yeah. Hashtag humble. It's hard to be humble. When you're this good looking, it is. Um, but yeah, so the people that should have a problem with it are the cultures that it was affected by. And so if those people, of course, have issues with this theme being depicted, then we should listen to them. That's kind of my thinking in, in connection with it. There are a lot of Well, ge- you're a native Choctaw. I'm not a native. I'm what one, do you one, think? I'm one one twenty eight. You are I, as white as you can be. Yes. Blonde-haired, blue-eyed. I was going to bring that up, too. Uh, a lot of people probably heard in previous podcasts where we talked about natives and things of this nature. Being in Oklahoma, uh, it's most of the tribal land is here. It seems like. And there are a lot of tribes that recognize people who have a certain degree of bloodline of Native American. And if you can trace it back, they give you a tribal membership card. And, of course, they try to include you in anything that's tribal, anything that's Native American, anything that they have going on. And they kind of encourage you to be to recognize that this is part of your heritage, even though it is literally one one twenty eighth of mine. And so great grandmother, something of that nature was. A Native American, and so thus I have a tribal card. I'm recognized as a Native American, even though I don't look like one. No, I hate, I hate the term Indian, by the way. You could have started in Jojo Rabbit, yeah. But <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for making the Nazi re- reference. Um, which I also I was going to bring up. This is something I find- we're going to talk about colonialism <laughs> and Nazis on this podcast. Please so, strap in, unless you really like us, <laughs> you probably won't need it for it. But we're being very Honest about this. Honest and uh, open and, you know, I'm ignorant. So if I say something ignorant, please know I'm an idiot. I'm Twitter. Ignorant. Follow us at BoardGameStops Twitter. But I was going to say this. We're mad at you. <laughs> um, 
before my literally before my mother passed away, she was watching these. I wish I could remember. They were uh, these history shows on Netflix, and they would discuss these prominent historical figures. And basically tell you how almost everyone that was prominent historically was a terrible, terrible, terrible person that was either genocidal, homicidal, maniacal. They just did all these terrible things. But yet when when she was in school, when I was in school, like these are the people that literally it was like you said, whitewashed. Like, oh, yeah, uh, Christopher Columbus discovered America. How did he do that? What happened when he did? (laughs) Terrible, terrible things. That is just like, that is all of that in, uh, how long you say this has been, like the last 10 years, Mm -hmm. like all these, uh, 20 years maybe, 2000, I don't know. But like the more the years go on, like the more we're realizing these people of history did terrible things. And that's a good point. And I don't think necessarily that it's a wrong thing to, to, it, that it's wrong to admit that or to address it. We're not this great man theory of history where everybody who's a historical figure must have been great and awesome and did no wrong. Uh, that That's a poor idea. And so in connection with this, as I was talking about the Native Americans, I myself have seen there's a lot of games that are depicted, uh, a lot of them through GMT games and Victory Point games regarding historical time periods, a lot of them dealing with Native Americans. I think of Comanchera and, uh, oh, there's a new one that just come out. If you don't play GMT games, uh, they're a company that really deals a lot with like the Civil War era and that era. But they deal with periods in history that for some would be trouble troublesome, but they are blatantly depicting what took place in a historical fashion. And that may be disturbing to some people. Because, like, uh, what's the book that I was just reading the other day? Um, The Empire of the Summer Moon talks about the history of the Native American Comanche people. It's an excellent book. Um, And there's there's several books like that that talk about the history of Native people. And you see that there it was a difficult period in history. And it's something that you should know all the facts about. It's not something that you should just try to make seem like, oh, it was so rosy and this was the good side, this was the bad side. Uh, nothing, literally nothing's black and white. Nothing's black and white. And so in connection with this, like Alexander Pfister, from my standpoint. A fist. A fist. If I was a designer, which I'm not a designer. You're not. I'd have to ask Jason Dinger about this. But but he just makes games about fish and shrimp. That's the way to go. He's very safe. <laughs> I would say that Jason Dinger would say until the uprising of the shrimp. Yeah, and then one day when the shrimp are like, "Hey, we're mad at you." You're a shrimpist. Yeah, just shrimpist. Jason Dinger is a shrimpist. Wow, what do you have against shrimp? What does he Jason? have against shrimp? The captains of have you have you ever played? Have you heard of Captains of the Gulf? Gulf? C O T G. I've never heard of captains it of the Gulf. Yeah, never heard of it either. Uh, but it's about shrimp and fried shrimp, shrimp gumbo, uh, uh, shrimp bowl, shrimp, shrimp scampi. Uh, but no, I thank him as a designer. We need Bubba for this podcast, and <laughs> I just got that reference. That's Bubba Gump. Uh, the um, designers that we're making games right now. If it was about colonialism, I think most of them would step back and say, "This is probably not the great time <laughs> to be releasing." No, this, this is my, uh, you, you're probably fixing to go in this, but this is my thing. Okay, so now that I have, now that I'm, my eyes are open, 
to, yeah, we should not, this game is dealing with this certain topic and it's, you know, kind of, uh, troublesome. It's troublesome. And so, I'm not trying to think of the words. Words. If I knew if I, where's my dictionary and thesaurus when I need it. Well, let me, let me, let me, let me. But throw- no, no, no. Before, but before you do, I'm going to say this. Okay, so Empire's Age of Discovery. Great game. I love the mechanics of that game. Right. It would be my number one. Right. Now I'm a little self-aware and a little worried about making that my number one because it is lit- like the whole game is colonialism of America and you taking over these indigenous tribes and stuff. And I would told Jerry and I said, why didn't they just make this a game in space? And they did. And I was like, oh, wait, they did. And it sucked. And apparently it was no good. Nobody even remembers the name of it. So why not? If you have a game like this, a fist. Just set it in a fantasy land or a space. Uh, what was what's the first Kickstarter? Uh, Alien Frontiers. Alien Frontiers. You're literally you're colonizing the moon, and the moon people. The moon is empty, <laughs> and so it's there's no, no one there. Inhabited. So you're just you're trying to develop your ships and send out these colonies. Be the first one to the moon. That's great. You're not offending anyone. You're not affecting anyone. It's not real history. We need that with these games. So Alexander Fister's next game is going to be you're inhabiting. The orcs are coming to inhabit the land of the elves. Uh, yes. Yes. I'm just, I, I, I get your point. And that's a nice, that's a nice point is that there's so many themes that to Make pick. Make it sci-fi. To pick something that's historical, you must be willing to address the issues involved in it. And or, so, do, or delve into it into great detail and say, this is exactly what happened. You must choose a side and know the consequences of you doing so. Here's a good example and hard merging this about Endeavor. Okay. This is historically an important game because it was the only podcast for which we ever deleted. <laughs> when Endeavor came out, we did a podcast on it in regarding a certain set of cards that are in the game called slavery cards. And in Endeavor, there is a mechanic involving where a player may take slavery cards and benefit themselves. Yes. But if other players continue down this one path, it ends slavery and it completely causes detrimental uh, detrimental uh, effects to the player who took the cards. Right. So it basically depicts that if one player is trying to benefit from this heinous act that the other players can then react to it morally and then punish that person. It's a very interesting mechanic and it also is addressed in the rule book of why they depicted it. And basically it brings out, I keep saying basically a lot. Basically. basically. I'm mad at you. So basic. Basically. Um, that the reason they put it in there was because it was historical and they felt wrong to leave it out. And it depicts that in a way that's it's it's there. It's yeah. just there. And it's very abstract, but at the same time, it reminds you that this was what was taking place at that time. I think that that was a nice way, not a nice way, but a way that they could depict that mechanic and that bit of history. And it really offered a moral judgment on the players. And here's the funny thing. When we were playing Endeavor, nobody took those cards. <laughs> like it was one of those things. It no, was like yeah. nobody did it. But here's the thing. Well, I played with Mike and his wife and he refused to take those cards as well. It was weird. But that's the thing though. If you're playing a game like that and it's bringing up these topics and these, it's, it's something that's of interest 
to the players. And so let me let me say this. Okay, go ahead. And say <clears> that. And, and we'll go ahead. And, this is interesting uh, of interest. Mike and his wife are a biracial couple. Mm-hmm. Mike is white. His wife is black. <laughs> In playing this game, he did not feel comfortable taking those cards. And we're just playing a game, right? Right. But this goes to show you these games actually do make you think. Right. If you've not like me, sometimes I don't think enough. But like this card literally has shackles on them. Right. So you're thinking, oh, this is, yeah, this is a slavery card. This. It, it was just wrong topic. So we played, I played that with Mike and his wife, Crystal, and uh-huh. they're a biracial couple. And like, literally, I wasn't touching them cards. <laughs> Mike was not touching them cards. <laughs> and, you know, she's, she, we were, we were able, but during that time, I mean, I, I mean, you can look at this on so many different levels. You can be very meta about it, or you can kind of abstract yourself and say, right. yeah, this is it's just a game, blah, blah, blah. But these games, if you're to look at board gaming in a um, macro view, mm-hmm. you can say they should make you, it's a form of art. Right. And art is supposed to make you think. And if you think, then you should realize what's going on. And I have recently done that myself because I'm not a big thinker. I don't like to think. I drive a truck and I hate thinking because (laughs) if I sit there and think, I'm going to need anxiety medicine and depression medicine. So the less I think, the better. I like to distract myself. So I try not to think that hard. But these games... They're board games. They bring up these themes. But Maracaibo, and, and I will, I'll say this, I didn't read the synopsis of the story. Right. I don't know what it said. That's just colonialism. But I don't, I literally don't know what the, what it said. Do you, did you? I, I do not. I do not recall. So we're just running this rondelle of these ships going around the Caribbean and we were just dropping off, picking up goods as far as we knew. But Obviously, there's more to that, and uh, like I said, no pun included. Shut up and sit down. They go into this greater detail because that's what that's what they do. What we do here, we like to have fun here, so we don't often go into these uh, areas of board gaming. But for this one, we felt it needed to be discussed. A fist needs to adjust, perhaps, his style of creation and design. Well, that's that's one thing that I want to throw out there is. That is what's on Twitter, is that Alexander Fister should adjust the themes of his game. And I don't feel like, as a... I don't know what I am. I'm not a media person. I mean, we, we, have, we have a microphone. You're nothing. We're nothing. You're an idiot with a microphone. I, 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 that, is a, that is good. So as an idiot with a microphone who buys board games, I don't feel like it's my position to tell Alexander Fister anything. Well, no, because he's a designer. He's a, and, he, he's a designer. And, and, I, and, well, and you don't want to... Well, I, and I enjoy buying. I, I enjoy buying board games, and I've bought many of Alexander Fister's board games. And there are certain themes that I shy away from. And so, obviously, when you make a board game, you understand that this theme could be offensive to people, and some people aren't going to buy it. And that's just it is what it is. When you make such a thing, you are running that risk. There are many board games out there, such as Secret Hitler, which right. is a game of really that although the cards are depicted as animals and it's very tongue in cheek and it's a party game and it's kind of like like cards of humanity type game to where it's not meant to be offensive, but it is type that that you play and 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 it's it's one of those games for which. You could see where somebody could be offended by it. Yeah. The same could be said is true 
from any type of media. Uh, this yeah. is something that my um, one of the topics that we in, in connection with this. I remember my father one time, who was a big history history buff, uh, liked ancient history, enjoyed all just various types of history, and. W- he watched a television show one time uh, as a military man. Often the shows he watched were military shows. Mash. Yes. But one that he made me watch was All Quiet on the Western Front, which is about German soldiers in World War One. It was a novel based on a novel that was actually banned uh, by the Nazi party around the time of World War II. But it was uh, talking about soldiers that were fighting, quote unquote, on the other side. And that's why it's a historical person my father was always very interested in it and so it was very eye-opening that there were different viewpoints on different historical events and i think it's very helpful that when you look back at history and realize that nowadays in the german culture they're very particular about violent video games and violence depicted in their media a lot of their board games are always built based around economy and things of that nature, like like I think of a famous, uh, very popular, not just Catan oh. by Klaus Tuber, but also uh, what was the one that I really liked that I just thought was amazing. A choir, oh yeah, a choir was based on an old uh, hotel buying game, I believe, that was also a German design. But their games are built around e- economy, whereas they're not so much depicted as the theme of having war. Which every American-themed game is always about about war. What is it good for? It's not. But yet, we don't have any problems in America depicting very violent video games, which a lot of them involved killing various soldiers on the other side of World War II. Well, that's what I was... was (laughs) So is that theme troublesome to the German population? that's... I don't know. I'm not German. I don't know. Or German. A fist. A fist. Yeah, he's German, right? Mm -hmm. But uh, I was thinking that as I was... I knew you were wanting to discuss this topic, and I know this has been discussed over and over and over by much uh, more uh, fluent, articulate. articulate people. But we're playing this game, and it's very abstract, a board game. And it's like, okay, no, I'm I'm not going to play that. But let me get on my uh, Xbox and play Modern Warfare, <laughs> where you're, you know, shooting people in the head. You get, you know, a headshot is good. <laughs> If you can headshot somebody, you're doing good. 20 points. <laughs> so I don't know if that's a thing. I don't have It is. It oh, is. Okay, okay. I mean, if you don't headshot them, well, you're going to like you might shoot them, but they're not going down. <laughs> Maybe they got a flag jacket on. <laughs> you're just it, all about these flat jackets. <laughs> Worth this do with these flat jackets. Well, you'll find out. I'm mad at you. <laughs> but I'm just that's what I'm saying. It's like the game, the some of the video games today, and of course, I know people talk about them too like, "Oh, video games are the ruin of society." They are. But look what they did to Enrique. <laughs> They, he cannot concentrate. He could have been a Rhodes Scholar. A Rogue Scholar, rogue maybe. Scholar. Rogue One. He knows everybody. Rogue One Kidney. Yes. This is Kidney One. <laughs> That's his call sign. And the like, like, you got to be kidney. Kidney One. So, but no I, but, kidney. But that's what I'm saying. It's like, I I know. And by t- and, and so let's focus. video games. Horribly uber violent. Right. So nobody really cares. That begs the question, though. Begs. Begs. Should. What are you from Wisconsin? Board games be the oasis 
for which people flock to. For Wonder why they don't have like that. Very good. Uh, very good, old boy. Champagne Supernova. That you go to the Oasis that you go to. Oasis to, was a wonderful band. band. I yes, love I love them. yes. They, they, yeah, that, yeah. What was I saying? Oh, the 90s. That you should come to. Board games should be the oasis for which you come to to avoid all these things. That they don't have troublesome yes. themes and violence and so forth. And so that that begs the question. And really the question I wanted to put out to our listeners. Gobby, not Jerry because Jerry's morally upright, <laughs> loves. <laughs> oh, I feel like I'm fixing to get thrown on the bus. Loves Discovery Age of Empires. Empires Age of Discovery. Is it okay to like it because it depicts colonialism and literally like i said board game snobs at gmail.com literally i literally literally i've been saying that as i basically I, all the time i played this game upwards of 10 times now and i hear just recently here just recently like, 10 like times i went to mike's recent. and mike and them and we're playing it and then this whole topic of colonialism comes up and i'm like oh yeah, this is literally colonialism. And but but what I'm focused on is the worker placement and then the area control and then the gathering of these goods. So a set collection of the goods, the trade goods. There's like all these mechanisms right. that are so great that combine so well in this game. But I'm scared to say this is my new number one. Right. And so should you be afraid? Should this be a troublesome thing? And that's what I'm putting to If it is, I will strike it at my number one. I'm just gonna say that. I will not say this is my new number one. But that, that, but that I will bend to the masses. But, no, <laughs> but that's disingenuous. That's, but it's, that's, I don't want to offend nobody. And that's the no, whole thing. No. I don't want to offend. If this, if, no, and I'm not saying Every, one person that oh I can't believe you. But if like the mass majority is like, yeah, that's really not a good game to pick as you know number one. So I will. I can understand that. Uh, but are you saying that? Because it defends your senses or, or, or because you just don't like the game. Right. I mean, it's. So, I mean, you're, you're saying that if it. <laughs> <laughs> or, uh, okay, this is my thing. Well, okay. This is my you're thing. making a lot of noises over there. This is my thing. You're burning calories. <laughs> I'm burning lots of calories. My brain is just going through them. You've lost 64 <laughs> cheeseburgers just in the past. Okay. But I want to be. I want to be. People love to take offense at things that happen in actuality. Right. Okay. And I'm not completely understandable. But let's say you have something like run, fight, or die. Right. Zombies. Zombies. You're literally shooting them in the head, bludgeoning them with bats, da-da-da-da. And yes, that's all fake. But zombies are people, too. (laughs) They were once. Yes. But it's fantasy, right? Right. Somebody's. But the the theme is uber-violent. Uber-violence. I mean, literally, like, you roll a die, and it shows a shotgun or a bat. So you're either bludgeoning this person. So does that just, does that separate it? Well, this is fake. This never happened. Zombies have never happened mm-hmm. that we know of. Or you're breathing heavily through your nose right now. I'm sorry. I, but, I don't mouth breathe. But colonialism actually happened. So therefore, it's his, it's historic. We, it, it is something terrible that actually happened as opposed to zombies. Well, I think that slavery and colonialism in terms of like. 
problematic issues throughout history, they rank up there with genocide. And those are things for which, of course, since they're historical facts that people take umbrage with because it is something that has happened and very recently and the effects of it are still being known. So, like, I think that makes that that's also a point that I've seen made is that this is fairly recent. It's time. And so, yeah, it wasn't until the 60s. No, (laughs) literally like. What's yeah. that? Sixty years ago now? Yeah, like, 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 yeah. Any type of and, sixty and, years ago, we were yeah. still having issues with the people dealing with people. Well, we're still today institutionalized the colors racism. of people's skin, yes, right, which is still something that's still an issue even today. And so you, you're at a point to where you have to somewhat <clears throat> bend to the idea. And I have proclaimed that I think, and I have in the past, in connection with this theme of it being troublesome. I just want, troublesome. I want to put this out Make there them sci-fi in connection with our fans. Colonize Zerklorg from is, now on. Is is it troublesome to like a game that features colonialism as its theme, such as Discovery? Empires Age of Discovery. Oh my god. Right, right. Is that troublesome? And if so, apparently so because they're blowing up about Maracaibo. Well, well, that's Maracaibo, which like, and this is my thing. Like, I haven't read the book on Empires and Forever. Mm-hmm. Does it mention any of this? I haven't. But the thing, the issues that they're having with Maracaibo is that there are actually cards in the game that were regarding slavery. Yeah, that's true. Whereas Age of Empires, it's a part of it's a part of history. It's not particularly depicted, but yes, it is. It's 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 known that that's what you're doing. It's the Spaniards taking over the New World. Correct. So that's part of it. That's that's the idea that I would. I'm interested in seeing what our fans think as a whole. And still, my opinion has always been the same. The market kind of decides. I think that in the future we will see less and less of these themes. Games. I would be very surprised if A Fist makes another colonial game. And if he does, and here here's the thing, if he does, he does. I mean, it's it's up to him to decide what he wants to design. There will be people who do not have a problem with it that will play it in the privacy of their own. Oh, yeah, Mark Hummer was like several people's number right. one that they'll play in the privacy of their own home, and here that they'll play it in the privacy of their own home with people that they know it won't offend or privacy and be just fine with it. But here's the deal: if you enjoy, and this is my point to you. If you oh, enjoy snap. the game, here's my deal, pickle. And you have declared it your number one, or you that you've enjoyed it. Now that there's an outrage, don't backpedal. Oh crap! I'm just saying, don't backpedal. You can say that you like the game for the mechanics, and like like I said, I enjoy I enjoy Discovery as well. I think it's a great game in terms of mechanically speaking. I can talk about how thanky the game is, how great the game is, or thinky. Mechan- the, the mechanics of the game and still appreciate it, but still go, yeah, I wish the theme was something different. The theme should be something different. Yeah. I think that that's- um, I wish it was space. <laughs> but then again, maybe that's a cop-out. Let's take over Mars. Maybe that's a cop-out. Oh, then we're going to make the Martians mad. <laughs> oh, the oh, indigenous John, Martians? John Carter showing up. <laughs> and if you don't think there oh, wasn't Martians, snap. you're misinformed. <laughs> I'll just ask uh, I've been Alex. Down, I've been down the whole <laughs> of the flat earth. If you want a good good eye, yeah, just watch a bunch of- you. Uh, Did you hear about the uh, fellow that was a flat earther that took off in his rocket? Hey, here's the thing. I feel sorry for him in a lot of ways. Gordon Hill. I feel sorry, but at the same time, it's good to know. I like people who have passion. And if even if you're wrong and you have passion about something, I would like to think that if this individual had got his rocket off the ground and successfully landed and realized, oh, the Earth is round, 
that he would have landed and been like, well, I'm wrong. My bad. My bad. <laughs> My bad. I think that would be something that I would have done. I'd been like, oh, the earth is flat. People don't know what you're talking about. Big, big, big global has you fooled. And then when I got up there, been like, oh, man, uh, <laughs> this ain't right. It's, it's, it's round. The horizon has curvature. Yes. And just land and be like, man. Things got curves and just been about my business and then settled the debate. But no, this guy died and it's sad. Well, I mean, NASA's done that very thing. Yeah, but they're faking it. (laughs) All that's green screen and a swimming pool. It's all YouTube. (laughs) (sighs) All right. Well, is that enough for this one? I guess it's probably our Have last Have we alienated episode. enough people? This is our last. I don't think we said anything that was troublesome. I tried not to be. But if you're mad at us, go ahead and get to Twitter. <laughs> I'll answer you. At BoardGameSnobs at gmail.com or Twitter, whatever they if do. If we've spoken year. out of ignorance and or idiocy, I mean, I don't have a problem with you're you Brazilian. telling me I'm wrong. How dare you? Chilean. That's only my wax job. You're Chilean. I'm sorry. You're Chilean. I keep forgetting. Does that bother you that I often get... This is my American geology. Geology. I like rocks. Geography. Is that I get Chileans and Brazil... Chileans right next place. to each other. Chile and Brazil. I get them mixed up. We're all the time. thin strip down the west side. Brazil's the big one with the Rio de Janeiro. Yeah, that's where, where I they have the go. Carnival. I want to go to Carnival. We just have uh, a communist uh, dictators take over in the sixties and seventies. Oh, that's all they have. Yes, I didn't know that. Yes. I'm ignorant to Chilean. My mother and father were there geopolitical during stuff. that time. Yes. Right. So, see, you're not going to catch any flack over this. I think that if this this podcast goes south, I don't think the Jalean minority is going to have problems. I think it's probably going to be the white guy. My 1-128th Choctaw will not save me, sir. It's the other 27, 28th. Actually, I'm 75% Irish. So, I could always, uh, I could always, uh, oh, those English. All right. Well, we've uh, done enough damage on this episode. We're not going to release this. (laughs) Delete this. Alt, control, delete. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Board Game Snobs. Stay classy. 